I want you to imagine that a friend of yours has made an appointment with you to share something very, very important. And he or she is about to tell you something that can totally change your life. What your friend is about to tell you is that they actually know someone who has successfully figured out how to harness all the energy of the sun and bring it into some usable form for everyone on earth. And they want to find out whether you want to invest in this world-changing technology. Now, I'm assuming if that really happened that you would jump at the offer to invest and be a part of this, right? Because you would want to do something good for humanity. And also, you would want to become rich, right? You would want that constant flow of income coming into your bank account because you had been a part of something that would change the entire world and the way energy works in this world. The reason I tell you this story is something even more important has happened Something more life-changing and world-changing has happened in the resurrection of Jesus Christ than being able to harness the energy of the sun. Except we have trouble entering into it because it seems so removed from us. We believe it, but it's sort of part of a list of beliefs. It's a part of the creed. It's hard to imagine that this is a part of our daily life. But what I'm about to share with you, hopefully, will draw you a little bit closer of how the resurrection of Jesus and the implications of his resurrection can actually seep into your daily life and make a difference. That's what the proposition is for today. Well, the first point is obvious. Jesus Christ is alive. I believe... I know with all of the reason that I have informed by faith, with the faith and the trust that I have, with the intuition that I have, I know and trust that Jesus Christ is alive. If that is true, and I'm going to assume that this is the absolute truth throughout this entire sermon, what are the implications? Well, the first implication is this, that it authenticates every word and action and teaching of Jesus himself. If Jesus is alive, then everything that he did, everything that he said, everything that he promised, and everything that he said about himself is absolutely true. Now, if he were still dead, he would just be like one of us because it would just be his opinion about how things are working or what his thoughts or beliefs were. But since he has been raised up out of death, it actually authenticates his person and his work and his word. Well, this is very, very good news because he had many beautiful, wonderful things to tell us about the fact that we could trust God as our heavenly father, that there is forgiveness and mercy for us, that there is a kingdom that is coming and that we can enter into it now and be there through the passageway of death 
this wonderful, glorious kingdom that we can be a part of. And so everything that Jesus said is authenticated now because he is raised up from the dead. A second thing uh, that it tells us is that human life does not end at death, but in fact, human life continues on after death. Very important for us. We all have loved ones that we know and love and the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us full assurance of life in the age to come. Also, it tells us that although we cannot understand it because we don't experience it now, Jesus was raised up in a transcendent form, a glorified human form that does not have any limitations. It's not subject to the same space, time, continuum, and gravity that we all experience because Jesus could come in and out of reality as we know it. And so we have a glorified form that is ahead of us that we don't know much about, but if we know anything about the resurrection to come, we will be like Jesus so we can think, well, that's probably going to be the same for us. And so we have a beautiful, meaningful, wonderful, joyous, glorious life to come. Jesus has promised it and Jesus will deliver it. The fact that Christ is risen also lets us know that this life has meaning. That what we do or don't do, what we say or don't say, how we live our life or don't live our life has meaning. There are many people today who say, we don't believe in God or Christ. This is all just a cosmic accident that has just happened and there's ultimately no meaning. But when we believe that or when we allow that belief to stand, it means that ultimately there's no difference between a kiss and shooting someone in the face because there's no meaning to it. There's no God, there's no morals, there's no right or wrong. It's just what people want to do or don't want to do. And we all intuitively know that that is no way that human life can exist that, that way. It's not a part of what we were created for we know that there is ultimate meaning. Well, because Christ is risen, death now is the end of the type of human life that we experience right now. The human life we experience now has many beautiful aspects, many wonderful things, but we have to admit, it is a life of struggle, of difficulties, of strained relationships, of heartbreaks, of grief, of sorrow. There is addiction, selfishness, weakness, compromises, competition, and if necessary, murder. Those are all the ways that human life has always been characterized in the history of how we have gotten on and along with one another. Thank God that there is an end to that type of life and a glorious future for a different level of human life in the future. So the resurrection of Christ is in fact our foundation of hope. It means that you are not alone. 
And it means that God matters and you matter to God. Well, the second point is this. Jesus Christ is alive and inescapable. Inescapable. Since Jesus was raised to life, since he said he was in fact the life, he is the life, he is the Lord and God and King of all reality. There's no way that we're not going to have to deal with Jesus. He is in fact inescapable. As Lord and God of the universe, we will be dealing with Jesus. He's inescapable. But this is good news because he will be a good and righteous and merciful judge. The resurrection of Jesus assures us that good and evil, justice, rewards, judgment, equity, setting people and things right will be a part of this future. If there's anything that we know about this world and this life, many, many things go un. Uh, uh, unset right. They're, they're not finally brought to conclusion. Things aren't balanced properly. This life has many, many things that are not set right, but they will be in the future. And so all of these things that the human heart longs for, a concept of justice or fairness, of right and wrong, of helping others, of equity, All of these things that we long for, in fact, will come about because Jesus is, in fact, the judge and the Lord and the king of all reality. Now, that may sound sort of fearsome and awesome, but we also know that he is the Lord who loves us and who laid his life down for us. And so Jesus, as the God-man forever, Jesus as the divine person who came to bring us together in humanity, Jesus will, in fact, bring about this age to come, this new creation where everything will be set right and there will be goodness and love and joy and mercy and peace. It will be the human life that we all long for and wish for. Finally, Sin and evil and corruption and death have a time limit. Isn't that good news? Every day when we look at our papers, our tablets, or our phones, it's the same old bad news over and over and over again, isn't it? It's the same corruption. It's the same sin. Now, sin is actually boring at the end of the day. It's the same thing over and over again. No one is even doing any new sins anymore. It's just the same stuff over and over. We've exhausted all of the ways we could possibly sin. It's boring. And then death comes. And we just hear about this constantly over and over and over again. This is not the human life that God wants for us. The good news is good because this life is not the end. This life is just the beginning. We move through the passageway of physical death into the glorious kingdom that we were really made for to be with God, to be with one another in love and righteousness and deep intimacy. It's going to be fantastic. 
Who in this room knows who George Henry Bissell is? Oh, I got, oh, well, <laughs> they heard the sermon at nine o'clock. <laughs> well, let me tell you, George Henry Bissell is in fact the father of the oil industry. And in 1853, he spent $526 of his own money on a study that was studying how rock oil could be produced and turned into kerosene. Now, George figured out that this was very important because kerosene could burn in all of the lamps and all of the ways that that whale oil used to burn. And whale oil, the supply was going down and down. And so uh, George figured out, I've really got something here. And so he, he talked to a man named Edwin Drake and he asked him to, to drill this first well in Pennsylvania. This well of Drake's was only 69 feet deep and it produced 25 barrels of oil and Drake drilled it and became the first millionaire in the United States connected with the oil industry. But the next person I think you know of, John D. Rockefeller. It was Rockefeller who really knew that oil was about to change the world for generations and generations. And he started the Standard Oil Company and at the height of his uh, prowess in this industry, he was worth in today's dollars $500 billion because oil was going to change the world. This this well of Drake's though, was the first well that attracted investors from the outside who wanted to get in on the action. Well, the fact that Jesus Christ is risen, the fact that his kingdom that is coming is the true reality is even more important and more world changing than oil itself. Because it has to do, of course, with life and death and death after life. And so 500 billion, that's a lot of money, but you only have a few years to spend even 500 billion. And so what we're called to do, knowing that Jesus is raised from the dead and is the Lord of reality and his kingdom will be the ultimate reality after death, The only wise thing for us to do is to become an investor with Jesus in this kingdom. We are called to partner with Jesus as we move forward into his kingdom and learn the way that kingdom works and begin to live by those kingdom, that kingdom rules right now and how that kingdom functions. It's the only wise way to live. Jesus said, a wise person is gonna build their house on the rock and then that house will stand. Well, the third point is that Jesus Christ is alive and available to each one of us. He is alive, not far off. He is alive and available to you every single day. The truth is Jesus is with you every single morning, whether you acknowledge him or not. The wise way of the kingdom is to become a follower, a disciple of Jesus. And the first thing that we do is acknowledge his presence every single day and walk with him every single day 
and learn the way that he has taught us, the way that leads to eternal life. This is the life of the kingdom, the life that he laid out in his Sermon on the Mount. It is a life of love, of forgiveness, of generosity, of service, of care for one another. This is the life that he's given us. This is the life that is to come. So we're called to begin to live in that life, invest in that life, invest in that kingdom here and now. So the most important thing we can be doing is investing and preparing for the absolute life, world-changing reality that lays ahead of us. It's the only wise and smart thing to do. So we have a choice every single day to acknowledge the risen Lord of all creation, our Lord Jesus, to give him our devotion, to give him our life, to give him our priorities, to give him all of our resources and learn to live in the way that leads to eternal life. Because he is risen, he is available, he is inescapable, but he is the Lord of love that seeks to lead us into his glorious kingdom. Let us follow him today. Amen.